Today's reading is from John chapter 8, verses 31 to 47. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from our father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you're Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I have heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I told you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Shall we pray together again before we, uh, we dig into that passage? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. And so, our Father, we thank you for your word, which is truth and life-giving truth. And we pray that you would help us to hear it and to believe it. And so have life in Jesus' name uh, afresh uh, this afternoon. Please speak and give us humble enough hearts to hear uh, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, it is great to be back with you and thank you so much for having me for this little series. I hope that it's been helpful. Uh, this uh, passage is not the most straightforward to listen to, is it? I suspect Louise was just rejoicing to be given this as her reading for this week. Over these three weeks, we've been taking a, a good hard look at the Pharisees in John's Gospel as Jesus confronts them. Uh, two weeks ago, Jesus told us that they love the praise that comes from people whilst Jesus told us that we ought to love the praise that comes from God. Last week, we saw that the truth about Jesus was a threat to the Pharisees. Jesus was drawing a crowd to himself through his miracles and his teaching, and the Pharisees were, were losing their power and position. They were losing the praise of people that they loved so much. In order to protect their position and feed their gods, the Pharisees shut Jesus down. They used abusive tactics to stop other people listening to the truth. 
the question this afternoon is, how do we explain that? For sure, if you'd asked the Pharisees, they wouldn't have recognised this description of themselves. They'd have explained their behaviours in all sorts of ways, uh, tied to a, uh, their understanding of godliness and desiring to uh, protect God's honour uh, from Jesus, who they see as a, an imposter. But Jesus, being God, has the ability to see to the very core of who we are. He sees past uh, the things we say about ourselves and what the Pharisees say about themselves to the truth. He does it to them and he does it to us, diagnosing the true spiritual state of people. And today we come to, if you like, to peel back the last layer of the onion to the very core, uh, the identity question that's at the most fundamental level of the Pharisees' hearts. Uh, two times in our passage, the Pharisees make a claim for their identity. Let me show you. It'll be helpful, I think, to have a Bible in front of you if you've got one. Uh, it's a longer passage today, so it's hard to keep the whole passage on the screen. Let's start in verse 38. Jesus says, you are doing what you've heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. Their first claim is one of biological descent from Abraham. And they're not wrong about that, are they? Abraham was the father of the Jewish nation and all true Jews, and for sure the Pharisees would be able to identify themselves as true Jews, could trace their family line all the way back to Abraham. See, in a, in a biological sense, Abraham was their father. But who your parents are really doesn't determine whether you're part of God's family. So verse 39, if you were Abraham's children that is his true children, says Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. Abraham listened to God and did what he was told. But the Pharisees have God himself standing right in front of them. And they refuse to listen. They are abusively trying to deplatform Jesus. It's the opposite, isn't it? Verse 40 again, Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. See, Jesus tells them that the true descendants of Abraham, that is the spiritual descendants of Abraham, have the same faith as Abraham and they do the same sorts of things. They listen to God. Well, not to be uh, dissuaded, the Pharisees pull out the big gun. If, if identity is a spiritual matter, then the only father we have is God himself. Now, that's a rather awkward statement, isn't it? All through John's Gospel, Jesus has claimed that he is the true son of the Father. He's proved it by doing what the Father does and saying what the Father says. So verse 42, Jesus said to them, If God were, were your Father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I've not come on my own. God sent me. And Jesus begins verse 43, Why is my language not clear to you? It's a rhetorical question. Jesus is going to give us the answer. And he goes right to the end of the passage, verse 47. Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Their claim to be God's children is simply false. Now, that's not a surprise to us, is it? We, we've been following the Pharisees for the last three weeks. We saw in chapter five, they don't love God. 
We saw last week that they suppress the truth about Jesus, the truth about God. They don't want to hear it and they don't want other people to hear it. So much, so familiar. We're in the same territory we've been all little series. But Jesus here gives us more. He reveals their true identity. They wouldn't recognise this. Uh, it, it's one that we would struggle to, to pin onto them because we don't know their hearts the way Jesus does. It'll seem highly shocking uh, to us and, and we would certainly uh, be nervous about ever saying it to someone else, wouldn't we? But Jesus is the most loving man who's ever lived and he thought it was necessary for them to, to, to hear this to know it, to understand it, and to embrace it, so that they could come to him. Verse 44. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. Jesus tells them that their true parenthood is exactly the opposite of what they think. But he seeks to prove it here. So they carry out the desires of the devil. What are they? Well... He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Well, there's two points there, isn't there? First, the devil is a liar and the father of lies. It's, it's his, his natural tendency. That means he, he leads people to believe lies. Think of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He speaks lies, only lies. And all lying has its origin in him. So notice verse 45. Because I tell you the truth, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe. The very fact that Jesus is telling the truth means they reject him. Because they prefer lies. It is natural to the devil to be a liar. It is natural to his children to prefer lies. They've proven that by the way they shut down the conversation last week. And they prefer lies. Secondly, the devil is a murderer. So he's the father of murder too, isn't he? Uh, and these people are seeking to kill Jesus. And they'll succeed. Because they, they bear the family likeness. They've treated everyone around them abusively, didn't they? They've belittled and diminished them. That's not murder, but it tends in the same direction. Do you remember what they said about the mob last week? The, the, the mob... They condemned them to hell. They damned them. That's the devil's work, isn't it? To, to lead people away from God by lies and murder into hell with him forever. Now just, just take a moment. How do we feel about Jesus describing them this way? It sounds so harsh, doesn't it? And yet, at the same time, the evidence is pretty strong, isn't it? They love lies. They are abusive and they will murder Jesus. Now, if you think that's the offensive part of our passage over, just listen to this. Verse 34, Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, uh, very truly is a, you know, this is serious and it's very true. You've got to listen carefully. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The Pharisees are slaves to sin because they follow their father, the devil. But Jesus says this doesn't just apply to the Pharisees. It applies to everyone. Well, well, what he actually says is 
everyone who sins. But we all do sin, don't we? Is any of us truthful all the time? Do any one of us love God with all our hearts? Are we not all prone to want the praise of others? We may not be uh, powerful like the Pharisees, although we may be. We may not have killed anyone the way they do. But to some extent, the family likeness is there in all of us, isn't it? See, by nature, this is what Jesus is saying. We are all children of the devil. You, me, everyone you know, everyone in history, everyone except Jesus. Let's tease that out. Verse 35, the slave to sin has no place in God's eternal home, but the son does. Jesus does. He's the true son of the father. And here's the promise of verse 36. If the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Free from the devil. Free from believing his lies. Free from his murderous designs. Free from his desires ruling over us. Free from the consequences of being his children by nature, which is punishment in hell. Free to enter into God's eternal kingdom, to be adopted as his true children. Free in every meaningful way. So the really, really crucial question is this. How does Jesus make us free? Or, or to put it another way, what do you and I have to do to be made free? Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Think about it. If we are by nature captive to lies, the lies of the devil, it makes sense that it is the truth that, that counteracts and pushes away the lies. It drives the lies out of our hearts and minds. But what, what is this truth? Jesus' teaching. Jesus, who comes from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, who is one with the Father, so that later on he can say, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And Jesus comes to reveal God to us. He comes to free us from sin and death and give us life in all its fullness. Jesus, who in chapter 17 describes life like this, knowing the Father and knowing the Son. That's the basis and the essence of life. Do you see, to know Jesus as the one who came from God, who came to reveal God, and who came to die, to take away our sins, take bear the consequence of our sin on the cross, to bring us back to God. To know Jesus, who is the way, the truth and the life. This comes from believing Jesus' words. How we respond to, G to Jesus reveals whose family we really belong to. We're not by nature... God's children, are we? Only Jesus is by nature God's son. And we've, got to, we've got to own that. We've got to acknowledge it. I know you're Abraham's descendants, verse 37. Yet you're looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. Who your parents are, I'm afraid, means nothing. 
Uh, if they're Christians, that's great. doesn't mean you are. Uh, we show ourselves to be the devil's children if we wear the family likeness. They murder, they prefer lies to Jesus' words. That's where the Pharisees are. So what about us? Well, let me speak to you first of all, if you're someone looking into the Christian life. I imagine what I've said to you this morning, this afternoon, has been fairly offensive. Um, it, it is Jesus' words, not my words. Please, I hope you can see that that's what Jesus is saying in John 8. He is being pretty offensive, but that, that doesn't mean it's not true, does it? We can be offended when someone points out true things about us that we'd rather they hadn't spotted. As we've looked at the Pharisees over these three weeks, we've had the opportunity to reflect a little on our own hearts. And I'd be stunned if there was a single one of us who didn't care what other people think of us. Show me a politician who's prepared to do what is right rather than what is popular all the time, every time. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure there are people with great integrity. But at the end of the day, politics is a popularity contest, isn't it? That re-elections depend on your popularity. And I guess you can see that in the world in which you guys all work. Which one of us has never lied to save face? And if we're honest, which one of us hasn't tried to hide from the truth in some way? We may not be murderous liars like the Pharisees, but we are like them enough to see the family likeness. And I think we can look around our society and see quite a lot of, of the way things happen in the public square bear a lot of similarities to the way the Pharisees behave. So let me say to you, if you long to be free, if you long to be free from that sort of way of thinking and behaving, if you long to be transformed, then the power is all in Christ's words. They are, in, in the words of the Apostle Peter, the words of eternal life. What about the rest of us? I think, first of all, we, we need to acknowledge that the devil still longs to deceive us, doesn't it? We don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of the, the, the present age. He longs to lead us into lies and abuse and murder. We're free from his power. We no longer have to listen to him. But that doesn't mean he's not coming up behind us in our most vulnerable moments and whispering his poison in our ears. So what then must we do? It's simple, really, isn't it? Verse 32, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. So hold on. Cling to Jesus' word. Make them your food, your shelter, your most precious treasure. In them is life and truth. They have set you free and you will remain free by Jesus' words alone. It's great to have been with you over these three weeks. It's a delight to see people coming back and back to feed in the middle of the week. I have such a passion for this sort of ministry because I know what it is to be at work and to need that injection of God's gospel truth in the middle of the week to keep us going. I hope you really value getting together with Christians whenever you can and encouraging each other and reading your Bible and saying your prayers. I know it's trite, but Jesus says it's my words, my truth that sets you free. And then, my friends, we can speak truth, words of truth. Uh, free from the love of praise of people, we can say what needs to be said. 
free to shine the light of Christ into the darker places in Whitehall and beyond. And so we can uh, bring uh, more people to know and love the Lord Jesus, set them free from their captivity, that we might bring great praise to God. Shall we pray together? I think we probably should. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for your truth that Jesus revealed, that Jesus spoke, that is recorded for us in the scriptures. Thank you that by believing Jesus' words and all the things about him that are revealed there, even the hard things, so you set us free, free from lies and deceit of the devil to be truly your children, remade in the image of Jesus. I pray for everyone here this afternoon that you would be uh, holding on to them by your truth, that they would be clinging to the truth that's in Jesus. And, and if there are any here who are looking into Christian things, Father, would the, the, the diagnosis of Jesus here be so powerful and so penetrating that every heart turns and longs for the truth that's in Christ and give them faith to grab hold of him, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen.